Alright, greetings fellow geeks and welcome to another episode of the Geek Broadcast, a podcast where three broads discuss anything and everything geeky. I am one of your hosts, Lauren, and with me on this geeky journey uh, is one of my closest friends, because one of them is moving. Katie, how we doing, friend? You know, I'm I'm thankful I'm not moving. <laughs> yeah, poor Christina uh, is moving uh, again, so she'll be back uh, in a couple weeks, because obviously, if you guys recall, we are doing this as a bi-weekly podcast now that is more for my sanity than anything for editing and recording <laughs> so you can blame me kids for not getting more geek broads content but this is us okay. we're back baby katie and i are here and we are going to talk about the multiverse of madness dr strange what what a ride well, we'll get so much it. madness so much madness so much chaos it's a lot to talk about, a lot to unpack from director to characters to everything. So we're going to have a little fun discussion today for sure. But also, Katie, you and I, in a couple of weeks, we'll be hanging out at Celebration in Anaheim. Knock you on will. wood that we don't either of us get sick prior to. No. Knock on wood, kids, because I'm No, we're not. We're not going to do that. No, we're not going to do that, damn it, because we're going to. We want to have fun in Anaheim. We want to have a blast. We want oh to my gosh. Yeah, I can't wait. I know you yep. we're both excited. We are actually going to Galaxy's Edge. Star mm-hmm. Wars night that. So, yeah. It's a big deal for us kids. We're some kind of you guys of a big deal. know, yeah. Kind of a big deal. Some of you probably know we are very very big Star Wars fans. So, this is a big big deal to go go to Anaheim. That's how I mean, that's how this whole shindig started, right? Oh, well, that's Wars. true. Yeah, it was because of <laughs> because of Star Wars. We're friends, and because of that, we started this whole podcast. So, yes, blame it on Star Wars, kids. That uh, you were uh, listening to us. So, but back to Geek Broadcast. Back to what we're going to talk about: Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange sequel. And boy, what a sequel it was! Wow, 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 wow. So let's let's unpack it, Katie. Um, let's go find let's go overall thoughts. You both you and I have seen it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, we both saw it opening night. And I wanna hear how your experience was. What did you think about it? Was your theater kind of a a jubilant one? What was the vibe? Let me know. How did your viewing and your overall thoughts of multiverse of badness? Go down. Man, it was a wild ride. It was a ton of fun. Um, I I feel like I was smiling. Like I feel like in this movie, I was either smiling and 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 super excited, or I was feeling so sad for Wanda. Like I was feeling there was a lot of oh honey. Like I really just wanted to wrap her up in a hug and 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 you know make everything better for for poor Wanda yep. but um man oh man you know but that that's a testament to again like this baller ass team of everybody that was involved in the in the making of this movie from the writers to the directors to the talent like every it it got it got me real good in the feels you know <laughs> like um and again just expanded the universe again for for marvel so um 
my theater was popping. Uh, we, <laughs> we saw it in IMAX on opening night and um, all of the moments that uh, you would expect people to cheer. Our theater was cheering. Um, you know, all, all of the reactions were there. Uh, it, it was a, it was a fun movie going experience. And, um, you know, the, the Sam Raimi of it all just made it all that more fun for me personally. So, <laughs> and that's the title of this episode, the Raimi of it all. Thank you, Katie. <laughs> I was going to use that anyway, because that's that I remember your tweet when you came out yes. of the movie was the Raimi of it all. And I loved it. Yeah. But yeah, for me, I, I echo you. It was a, it was an interesting ride. It was was madness, as the title indicates. A lot of things I didn't expect. Some things I did expect because, again, I'm a sucker for TV spots. And I asked uh, our good friend, who you saw the movie with, <laughs> some not big spoilers, but just confirmation on stuff. So I had some idea of what might occur. Not all of it, but I had some idea. But that didn't ruin my movie-going experience. I think the story, the story, I think, was what caught me off guard a bit. And we'll dive into that when we talk about Wanda. Because I had feelings initially, but I have come around, I think, on a lot of what I think my initial... uh, not problems, but gripes or just concerns uh, of the film. But overall, I liked it. It was a it was a Doctor Strange movie through and through. Doctor Strange, like this was literally a a sequel to the first movie. Like there, it wasn't really mixing, matching that I think maybe even I was hoping for like more of multiverse stuff, but which we did get, but I was hoping for a lot more, but I liked what they did. It made sense. And it connected a lot of things from even WandaVision. Again, we'll talk about that. Obviously you Sam Raimi was, uh, came on to direct this movie after, um, I forget the initial guy's name. Who did the very first Doctor Strange movie pulled out. And I don't know how much changed. I mean, maybe we'll never know behind the scenes stuff, you know, but I liked what they did. Um, I liked the visually this movie was incredible. Loved it. The music was very different. It wasn't your typical, I think, Marvel, but it fit this movie in the vibe that the movie was giving off so kudos to that the acting was phenomenal elizabeth olsen needs a emmy she needs she needs something because she was she needs it all she was fantastic absolutely crushed it in this film from start to finish loved it again benedict benedict cumberbatch Nails strange every time he kills it. I love it. I love it. Um, Wong, fantastic. Love it. I love uh, America Chavez. And I, I'm going to mispronounce uh, the girl's name. I know her last name, I think, is Gomez, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, Chuck Teal Gomez. Exactly. I'm probably mispronouncing that, too. She was fantastic. I'm not great with X's in Spanish. No. Well, you know me, and I'm terrible at it all. 
But <laughs> go. Uh, but she was fantastic. I love the character. And again, we'll talk about that because I know there's some controversy with her character. We'll di- we'll dive into that later on. But yeah, overall, loved it. Loved it. I can't wait to see what really pans from this because I think we'll talk about it towards the end of the show. What what happens in this movie, what this is setting up, because I think it is setting up something. You might know already what I'm thinking about, but we'll talk about it later on. So we'll, we'll get to there. But let's talk about the Raimi of it all. Okay, so I am not, as some of you know, I am not a big horror genre fan. This is why I'm going to give it to my bestie here, Katie, to talk about Sam Raimi, because he has done uh, some horror campy movies uh evil dead i think is the big the big one that was his first big one yeah and then uh drag me to hell was another one so he has done horror before so i think this matched what they were going for the aesthetics and everything he matched it well again i'm not familiar with like a lot of the tropes and everything so again this is where i'm gonna ask you the Raimi yes. of it all in like the tropes for horror. <laughs> How did you feel about that? Number one, did you, did you feel it was like it followed kind of like a Raimi type of horror movie? Was it pulled back a little bit? And to, to go along with that, do, do you think this is a horror MCU film? Because a lot of people are calling this a horror MCU film in that like, Hey, you know, if you're taking your kids, you should be like, you know, heads up on it. We'll we'll discuss that, but I kind of want your thoughts on that. So let's start with Raimi. His, obviously his style. You're very used to it. I I am not. How did you feel about how, what he did with this film in his style when it comes to the horror and implementing it within this film? Sure. I mean, I... (laughs) And I'll say, yes, he's a horror director, but he's also been a Marvel director before. He directed the first yep, three Spider-Man did. films with Tobey Maguire, you know, so there, there's he's got some history with with the superhero genre and with the um, horror, paranormal, thriller kind of a thing. And I think that 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 history with the paranormal stuff and of course the zombie and, and angry skeleton stuff. Like I think that that um, he really played up his strengths there. Uh, so as you mentioned, evil dead was his first. And if you're not familiar, that is um, a book of the damned uh, that possesses everyone in this cabin out in the middle of the woods and turns them into mindless, awful perverse zombies and um and uh th- there's a lot of humor in it there's a lot of um practical effects and uh th- that's something that he really kind of hangs his hat on um throughout the evil dead films uh, there are also three of those there's evil dead one and two and then there is army of darkness which fully leans into the weirdo campiness uh there's time travel there's medieval zombies and skeletons running around um there's bruce campbell bruce campbell is the lead in all three of these movies and he uh has a chainsaw for an arm and carries a shotgun around i mean it's 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 bonkers if you if you haven't ever uh been exposed to it i highly recommend all three of those films the first two are scary the third one 
you don't need to see the first two to see the third one because it's just silly. It's just, <laughs> it's just totally silly. Um, anyway, there, uh, his experience as a director in that realm of uh, horror slash paranormal thriller, whatever you want to call it. Um, I feel like Drag Me to Hell was a little bit more on the um, side of the thriller side of things okay. uh there's okay. definitely definitely paranormal definitely witchcraft um those kinds of things but uh you know still uh, still th- it's self-aware you know it's there's still like a little bit of a wink to the camera and there was a lot of that in this movie too there was still a little fourth bit wall, of a wink some fourth wall yeah yep. definitely definitely and i think though that that again played into the pr- premise of this movie which yes. was who knows what's happening like you know, who knows what is happening who knows what's gonna happen who knows what is happening in all of these other universes that are around um in the multiverse and i think that 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 chaos and that uncertainty and all of that you know just what what's going on like that just left such a rich playing field it was like a playground for him to get in there and do whatever he wanted, bring, like, there were tons of deep cuts from the comics. Um, and he's a comic fan. So having having those moments uh, for people who would recognize those moments uh, was, I think, really, really cool. And as far as, you know, Doctor Strange is a magical thing. Like, he his, his world is magic and i think having someone with a horror slash paranormal uh backstory or back experience it really it really helped sell that magic and make it feel believable as a part of the marvel cinematic universe that's my that's my opinion as a uh, sam raimi fan slash stan (laughs) yeah because i know and a lot of people are saying that you know like his camera work is very recognizable very distinct there are um a lot of the like and this is a this is not a visual medium so i can't like but but where the camera like kind of turns as it's zooming in on someone uh or turns as it's zooming in on a place um I don't know what the technical term for that action is, but that is very Sam Raimi. That is very like, everything is crazy and I'm going to show you, you know, like it's, 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 (laughs) it's really, um, really something that you see in certainly all of his evil dead uh, movies and and also in drag me to hell too. And even um, just kind of jumping to TV, he was also, um, one of the creators behind um, creators slash producers behind uh, the Hercules uh, television show oh. from the from the from the nineties, if you remember, yeah, 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 and also Xenia, yeah, yeah. you know, Warrior Princess. Um, yeah, so there were a little bit of like campy, hokey, certainly campy, hokey moments in those, and a lot of those camera angles, a lot of the like quick zoom as she's punching people, you know, like that, that kind of stuff um, is very Sam Raimi, and it's very, uh, he kind of pioneered a lot of really interesting camera work with like Steadicam and um, 
you know, a lot of the handheld stuff. And I could, as I'm watching, I was like, oh, this is, this is Sam Raimi's Steadicam. I know this, like, I know that this is what this is. And I'm so like fascinated. I really want to see some of the behind the scenes stuff because I really want to know how much practical effects he did because that's something that is very near and dear to his heart. And um, I'll recommend quickly a, uh, there, Bruce Campbell has written a couple of books, but the one um, that really goes into a lot of the behind the scenes of specifically the Evil Dead franchise is um, If Chins Could Kill. I want to say that's his first book, but um, it goes into, you know, how they had all of these practical effects and how they had no budget and how they had to just like make stuff work and have tubes going everywhere. And um, the evil, the Ash vs. Evil Dead um TV show that was on stars recently incorporated, yes, there's CGI, but it incorporated still a lot of those, um, a lot of those practical effects too. So that's something for me, just as a, as a film geek, like I really want to know how much practical work he got to do in this movie. It seems like there was definitely some practical stuff for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Again, being a non horror genre fan and, not being that aware of Sam Raimi as far as that side, like, like I think like we were either talking on uh, talking right before we recorded, or we just mentioned that obviously he has done a Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, so he's very familiar with the superhero genre, hundred percent. But I think this is probably the first time he was able to kind of mesh his love of horror within the superhero genre. Absolutely. And I think, you know, like I said, I think that's what really sold it to us, too, and made the magic of it all um, of the Doctor Strange world and the things that, you know, he is able to fight and he is able to to kind of insert himself into and uh, manage. Like, I, I think that it was, again, to his to his credit and to, you know, it, it really helped us as an audience believe it. Yeah, no, 100 percent. So. Again, visually, it was great. You know, I think he shot it very, very well. Again, not being a horror fan, there were, I think, two places I got scared, like jump scared. One was when, uh, again, this is spoilers, kids, so just to let you know. One, when uh, Xavier goes into Wanda's mind and sees, and she pops out of, like, the rubble. Yeah. I like literally jumped out of my seat. Like scared the hell out of me. (laughs) Yeah. That was very drag me to hell. Like that that whole thing felt very drag me to hell. And then I'm trying to think of the other one that um, the other one was I thought about it. So the other one was and this was a it wasn't a weird shot but like it, it they took their time when wanda was going after um strange christine from the 838 um yeah earth and uh america and strange shuts the door and like it's flooding the other side yeah so you're like waiting and there's like they just kind of hold on those three (laughs) and then all of a sudden she pops up and like you would think she breaks through the door but she doesn't she literally comes on the other side across <laughs> the way. And that scared the hell out of me, too. 
Yeah. So again, those were definitely again a different a different feel as far as Marvel. Like it was a horror. I think MCU wise, probably the the closest we might get. I don't think they will go full horror. I think that maybe like yeah. a fan like you is used to. Sure. Do, do you feel like this was like I know people are saying it's a horror it's a horror movie. In context, I don't believe I don't I don't agree with that. In principle, as far as like MCU wise, yes, this was a MCU horror film. How do you feel about kind of like the the difference of the two? Like obviously you yeah. have a horror genre and then you have the MCU and this is maybe the closest we'll get to it, don't you think? Or how what do you Yeah. See, I I don't know. Like I would hesitate to call it a horror movie. I would just say it's a scary movie. It's scary. Like there's there's scary moments, you know. There there are um a little gory kind of sometimes vi- too. Violent. Yeah, right, there's right. kind of violent deaths. There's um that whole first monster, the eyeball monster, when they kill. Oh, like I do not, I don't like eyeball stuff at all. And that was so gross. Like even even though it was a big like CGI alien monster so gross to me (laughs) like that was grosser to me than some of the stuff that happened later in the film but um yeah I would I would just as my own personal opinion I would call this just a scary movie versus a horror movie and I mean if you think about horror you know there's all kinds of genres of horror too there's psychological thrillers there's you know the paranormal stuff there's the um zombie stuff like there's so many different levels of horror and I think this one you know, those three that I just mentioned, there there was a little bit of that in this movie. But I would still, you know, I would still call this a scary movie. Yeah, yeah. it's scarier than some of the other other movies because, again, you've got paranormal elements. You've got magic elements. You've got, you know, all of these different kind of otherworldly unknowns, you know, and I think that that's what makes it scarier yeah i think the the, there was some really again really cool shots like i don't know if they're scary but very i mean the the whole when wanda was in the um oh god what is it called when like glass like glass around her strange puts her in the um whatever that you know what i'm talking about where he like binds her yeah or whatever like puts i can't remember what the the freaking phrase of it is called but the, in yeah. the movie she's like trapped and like looking at herself in the reflections but she, then she realizes she can go through the reflections and then you that's how she comes out of like a mirror in in a room with strange right. and wong in america like that was very like um the ring <laughs> coming out of the tv definitely you know so like you had those shots definitely there were shots and i think moments but yeah, I don't I wouldn't call it a horror film. And like I said, I know some people are calling it that, but maybe their terminology, how they're defining it, you'd have to ask. But yeah. I wouldn't call it a full horror movie for sure. I think it was a very no. jump scary, uh a little more a little more I wouldn't even say gory, but a little more of that mm-hmm. than yeah. we are used to seeing in the MCU. Yeah. You know? It was a scary Marvel movie. Yeah, that's I mean, that's, kind of, that's pretty much what it was. Kind of right? where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, just in the context of, you know, my girls, of course, are already, they're 11 and 7, almost 8. Happy birthday early, Lucy. Um, Lucy. (laughs) Her birthday's tomorrow. But uh, they are um, already asking, like, can we watch this? Can we watch this? Is it on Disney? Can we watch it? And, um, you know, but I'm going to watch it a couple more times before I say, yeah, let's watch it. Uh, You know, because there's some of that stuff that I think an eight-year-old might be a little bit freaked out by. There's yeah. definitely stuff that is a little bit, it, it can, it might cause a little one eh, nightmares. Let's be honest with it. It could. It definitely could. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, I think, again, I think for what they were trying to accomplish with this movie, I think Sam Raimi did a, a wonderful job. He really did. This was, like you're saying, the Raimi of it all. It really was his, his, you know, his tropes his style fit what they were doing with this movie perfectly. And I, you have to give it to him. And then again, uh, Danny Elfman did the score and it shocked me. And that was not a score that I think we're used to in the MCU, but again, Mm -mm. it fit the, the movie. I mean, when, when again, kids, we're not really going in order of the movie, but when our strange from 616 and then the sinister strange fought with musical notes that was insane that was insane but again how danny elfman did that whole like musical sequence and how that was awesome that was so cool again the score fit the the movie perfectly so again, hats off to 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 Elfman for doing that perfect. That the score was perfect for this film. It was it was great. Any comments on the music? I mean, anything stand out to you or just? You know what stood out to me was when we met Professor Xavier. Is right before we met Professor Xavier. Yeah, that little that little trill from the X Men animated series. Oh my gosh, I loved that. I, I loved absolutely loved it. that moment. Oh gosh. And you know, the, of course, Danny Elfman. I mean, you think of Danny Elfman, of course you think of Tim Burton, like the two of them are two peas in a pod. And, right. and yes, Danny Elfman has done plenty of things without Tim Burton. Um, I don't think Tim Burton has ever done anything without Danny Elfman though. That's very interesting to, to explore if I'm right about that. But <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, uh, I, I love Danny Elfman's scores and um highly recommend uh the soundtrack show podcast uh there's a big block of um talking about danny elfman and his a lot of his tim burton scores and just his history with music and and all of that but uh yeah it was it was fun because when you think of danny elfman you think of darker comedic stuff you know he did he did batman there's another you know superhero reference he did um beetlejuice He's of course done all of the Tim uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, um, that all of the Tim Burton animated stuff he's done. Uh, but yeah, it's it was it was cool that they had someone who was again on the little darker, sinister, twisted side of things involved in a Marvel movie that was on the darker, sinister, twisted side of things, and. Uh, yeah, that was that was that was fun. But yeah, that that XN moment, like that was it for me. <laughs> I was I was ready to jump up in my chair. It was really cool. Yeah, that that hit me because I'm such a. I mean, obviously, you both you and I 
grew up with the X-Men animated series. Like that's why I got into like superheroes, honestly, is because of that of that yeah. show. Like Same. And that's why that I, and Spider-Man. I love yeah. Oh yes, yes, nineties Spider Man is great too. But that's why I, I love the X-Men so much. Like they are my favorite overall Marvel like characters group that I absolutely love. So like when he strolled out in that yellow hover chair, again, I knew spoilers for me, but like I knew that was going to happen, but just still seeing yeah. it. And yeah. then the music though, cue of da da I'm like, yeah, dang you, Danny. <laughs> you got me right in the feels and I loved it. And then even when Xavier did his like powers, it was very similar to the animate the animated um Xavier. He touches like both of his foreheads and then you see like the pulse go out. It was amazing yes. stuff. It was great. I mean again, we'll talk about the Illuminati a little bit. But that was yep. uh that was cool. The music was great. Uh again, Raimi was great. All wonderful stuff. So I have again literally no complaints as far as direction visually and all that. The music was perfect. So let's get into characters. So let's start with Doctor Strange. We'll we'll start with the main guy. We'll start with his journey. Again, Benedict does an amazing job as Doctor Strange. He nails it. He got to be what three different strangers, four different strangers in this movie. Like insane. I loved it. I loved again the journey he took. You know, I mean, of him between him and Christine. I mean, uh, Rachel McAdams. Got more uh, in this movie than obviously she got in the first one, which was great. I love her. She did a really cool, uh, cool stuff and some good character moments. But I love the journey of Strange. I love how he literally finds out that through the multiverse that it's not somebody like Wanda that screws things up constantly. It's him. He is the constant. He is the one that makes decisions that screws whole universes, starts incursions, as as they talked about. We'll talk about that later. Like, for him to, I think, go through that journey of, wow, okay, it's not, you know, it's not people like Wanda or even Thanos. It's me. I mean, when he sees the Illuminati and, you know, Reed Richards... John Krasinski, we'll talk about that, tells him, you know, no, you are what's wrong in the multiverse. You, you strange, your variants are the ones that constantly screw everything up. And, you know, for them to even have a facade of in that world of 838, that they put a statue of Dr. Strange to say that he was a hero but in reality, he was the problem. He, they had, literally, they had uh, Black Bolt kill him because he screwed up so much and so bad. And that because of what that strange did in World 838 and what he, you know, he was so deep into the dark hold that, you know, they were like, nope, dude, you screwed up. You know, he even told them that, not in grave detail, but that he told them that he started an incursion. And we will hopefully explore that. 
So I love the character development. I love the character development between, you know, him and Christine again. In every universe, he finds out he screws it up with her in some way, shape, or form. So, again, for him to say, you know, to tell her at the end, like, you know, I love you in, in, every, in every universe. Just know that. Like, my strange does love you. So, like, it's a good, like, goodbye and a good tie to his character with her. Because I feel... Not to say that Rachel McAdams won't be back, but I feel that in the next strange movie, because of what we got at the end and credit scene with Charlize Theron, hello, Clea, hello, his wife in the comics, I think we're going to move in that direction and maybe step away from the Christine aspect of it, which I'm totally fine with. Because again, I think she got a really nice arc too of, again, even though she has, you know, that particular uh, Christine has seen her strange, you know, die and know why. To know that, you know, he did in any, all levels of any multiverse, you know, he did truly love her. That was a nice closure for her. And then even the Christine that we see in 616, that, that conversation at her wedding, like, you know, you are the only, you are always the one that had to hold the knife. And again, that that kind of through line really was a big journey for me for Strange. So, Katie, I will let you take the floor now. How did you feel about Strange, his overall journey? What were your thoughts? How did you feel? You know, I we you touched on it earlier, but Benedict Cumberbatch like was born to play yes. this role. Yeah, he, he catches. You know, he is serious when he needs to be serious. He he can do the entire range of emotions for this guy who is kind of an asshole and kind of, you know, kind of stuck up, kind of full of himself. Still, even with all of his training and all of his, um, you know, all of his, his superhero powers and uh, he just nails it. And I really enjoyed watching him just nail it. And I think that... Um, you know, it, it just, it was, it was so much fun to watch. And I, I think that he really accomplishes that in every movie that he's in, whether, you know, whether it's the Spider-Man and he, again, is the reason that shit gets messed up, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and, or, you know, whether it's the, the little bits and pieces of what we get from him in the Avengers movies where he's also the reason that everything gets fixed with Thanos because he looks, uses the time stone, looks into the future. And this is the only way, this is the only way that it works. And it's a long game, but you got to trust me. You know, he, he was he willing is, to sacrifice all those people for the five years. You yeah. Know? That was the kind of yeah. the whole thing too. Like him sacrificing yeah. others was a big journey too, you know? Yeah, he. I mean, he's the worst kind of know-it-all, and he's the worst kind of like he's the worst kind of um, you know, he's the worst kind of guy with power. I would say is smartest that, guy in the room. Exactly. You know? Yeah, the smartest guy in the room, but also is gonna mess it up like consistently across all of the multiverses, <laughs> across across every timeline. Like it's it, you know, it, it is what it is. But that's his. That's his fate. That's his destiny. And does he make it right? 
yeah, eventually, you know, but I'm like, what happens in between then? You know, it's, it's a, a journey. <laughs> it's a journey. It's a lot. But yeah, I mean, but he, you know, like I said, Benedict Cumberbatch nailed it. It was so much fun to watch him work and um, play those multiple strange roles. I loved, loved zombie strange so much, so much that I, I mean, even just the, the, the treatment of the face like is straight out of army of darkness, like straight out of army of darkness because it's not really a spoiler, but there, there's a point where um, Bruce Campbell's character, Ash, uh, there's an evil ash that happens and he's of course an evil zombie ash and uh just a lot of like the with the exposed teeth and all of that like that was exactly out of <laughs> out of army of darkness and just so much fun so so much fun to to watch that unfold but the ramey of it all man the ramey of it all yeah i again i his acting is so good he plays his character so well and Again, I, I like this journey. I really do. Like he went on a really, really good, I think, personal journey uh, for the movie. And again, at the end, he has that third eye. So we yes, we think. I think people are speculating that that means that he has like the dark hold in him. So that's kind of cool to explore. And then again, we see uh, his wife in the comics finally show up. Clea, played by Charlize Theron, she opens a portal like easily and you look into that portal and that was definitely the dark dimension that was definitely Dormammu and according to the comics Clea is either the daughter or the niece of Dormammu and she's like the sorceress of the dark dimension so like going to be fun to explore all that all that all that all that and then again we'll talk about the like when she says to him like you cause an incursion got to come help me fix it what that could mean i think there is something that connects to that we'll we'll talk about that at the end but let's go into wanda let's go into elizabeth olsen because like we said up top she was so good in this movie acting wise wow like again a phenomenal performance by her just carried i think what she did from wandavision to here now here's where i again when i talked about how i felt initially i was a little bit not mad or upset or whatever but i was a little bit like huh okay so they actually did make her the villain of this movie interesting i i i that took me a, a, a day or so to kind of sit with and talk to other people and maybe hear other people's opinions on it. And it, 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 it took me, it took me those few, like, like I said, a day and a half, but like I came around to it because it does fit. So it does connect to WandaVision because obviously at the end of WandaVision, she's going through the dark hole, trying to find her, her sons. So it does stand to reason that obviously at that point she was well possessed by the dark cold. And that's the explanation that they give is that she was possessed by the dark cold. Okay. I, I buy that. I, I definitely buy that because again, Agatha even warned her in WandaVision. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're getting yourself into. So again, it, it does all connect. 
Was I a fan of what they did and made her the villain? Personally, no, because I wanted Wanda to have a a nicer, happier ending because of what she went through in WandaVision. 100%. But this, it, it, this all tracks, though, kids. It really does. And I know some people have opinions on her story. And, and, and very valid. I mean, again, there's tons of articles by a lot of great writers out there that express why they felt they, you know, the storyline didn't do her justice. All valid, all very, I think if, if you haven't heard or aren't aware of this kind of notion that people weren't happy with her journey, go find it and read it. Cause it is interesting stuff and people have very good, I think critiques and opinions and why all valid. But again, that's why it took me some time to kind of like, okay, let me sit with this because I want to understand why they're doing it. And then I started again, reading, I started listening to people and then the dots started connecting. And I'm like, yeah, okay. You know, maybe I wasn't a fan of it, but it tracks, it fits. Her performance was amazing. And obviously she didn't, she's not dead kids. And I, I think a lot of people understand that she's not dead. She's coming back in some way, shape or form, whether it's that maybe 838 Wanda, maybe it's the Wanda we know still, who knows, but she's not dead. She'll, she'll be back. She'll be a hundred percent back. And I'm excited to see that. So again, I, I struggled with her, with her journey in this movie, but I understood it. Her performance was amazing. She looked amazing. The costume was fantastic. So yeah, I, I came around to her story in this movie. Katie, I'll throw it to you. Your thoughts on obviously Elizabeth Olsen, her performance, but like, how did you feel about her journey? Were you okay with it after you saw it? Did you have to sit with it? What was your process with it? You know, I kind of, I kind of felt the same way you did about it. Um, the, we all, if you've listened to this podcast, you know that WandaVision was my favorite of the Marvel uh, television slash Disney plus streaming stuff. Um, and still is <laughs> just, just put that in there. It's a great but, show. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it go watch. Fantastic. yeah yeah i mean it 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 enhances this movie so much um of course because you you know all of that backstory you know all of that trauma that had been going on with wanda and but as soon as you know it, the trailer of course made it seem like they were going to team up and do this thing um but as soon as she revealed that her apple field or whatever it was was all fake uh i i knew that no she's the villain like that's that she is gonna be the villain she is gonna be what you know strange has got to contend with and holy shit her power i mean we knew that she was super powerful anyway but holy shit like she defeated captain marvel like it was nothing you know in 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 the 818 universe like it she it would she was so powerful. <laughs> like that was, you know, and, and whether that was her being powerful plus the dark hold, whatever it was, it was really raised the stakes. Like it really made, again, made this movie scary. Like what is going to happen with, with her, her and her power and when her emotions are involved with it too, you know, so much of that is, is tied into her emotions and that driving force of, wanting to 
have her children have this peace have you know that 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 whole representation of the piece of of vision and the piece of um you know a, a normal life and and that dream life that that she and vision wanted together and got ripped away from them um yeah so you know yes her her power was super super scary her motivations though i mean there was there was a lot of empathy created with that i think and um I, I loved, of course, everything that she did. I loved the moments of when she got to be really super evil and really like the the, the moment you referenced earlier when she's chasing them down the hall and she's kind of like, like zombie walking. Dude, so fun. So fun. I hope she I, I really it looked like she was having fun as a performer. And I really hope that she was because she she was selling it. Um, and just those little like moments of like, the little like ticks of madness that were happening. I mean, that when you talk about the multiverse of madness, like she was the madness of the movie. That was, that was who it was, um, was Wanda. And it was <laughs> delightful. Um, did, was I just like you kind of disappointed that, that she was the villain a bit, but I think that I was able to reconcile that really, um, really fast <laughs> when, you know, they, she had her turn and, and realized what she was doing and then made it right again, you know, so that, that, uh, th I was able to reconcile that, um, I think a little bit easier than I would have been, you know, maybe, maybe a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to reconcile that easier, but, uh, yeah, I agree with you. She's not dead. We're going to see her again, um, whether it's her from a different multiverse or what. But we're definitely going to see Wanda slash Scarlet Witch again. Yeah, I, I mean, definitely. And again, all it was all explained in the movie. It really was. I mean, as fast paced as this movie was, because it was like, I mean, straight from the beginning, you are boom, 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 boom. You know, there were some like lulls, but not a lot. Like it was fast paced. No. In your face. Yeah, it was all meat in this episode yeah. or in this movie and for it, sure. No, but you say episode though. I think I'm glad you brought that up because it did feel though at time like this movie. I mean, is a movie. It did kind of feel like a two hour episode of a show. You yeah, know? It, it felt yeah, that way. and that's not a knock on it. It's just that's how no. it felt because of the pacing. It was so quick. exactly and the exposition that we got though, you know, about Wanda and. It, it made sense. Like, you know, I mean, it's like Stranger Wong said, like, she got possessed by the dark cold. You know, she obviously, she was warned by Agatha. She was warned by Strange and Wong that what she was doing, I mean, was going to possibly destroy the universe. So, like, it was all explained there. Whether you liked how it was explained or how you liked they did it, again, that's that's very valid and that's all very, you know, your opinion and th that's fine. Again, I I had to sit with it, I think longer longer than you did, but I came around with it because again, I think you when you look at it you, as a whole and again, the story from WandaVision to here, it it, it connects, you know. She's not dead for sure, like you said. That we'll get her yeah. back. I think we'll get her and White Vision somehow together. Like it's all gonna. I hope so. It's all gonna come together. It, it will. 
It will. I mean, but I think, again, if you're not aware of why people might be upset, I, I do recommend maybe finding an article and, and, and read it. And, and again, form your own opinion, but listen to people and why they might have an issue with it. And speaking of small issues, well, let's go to America Chavez. When I say issue, I know, I'll, I'll say up top, I love the character, Latina. I felt represented because I'm Latina myself. So seeing a Latina superhero was awesome. I loved her powers. I love how she was literally the only one in her multiverse. There's no other America. She's the only America in the entire multiverse. You know, and then for her to be connected to that Book of Ashanti and for Strange to realize that, that was a great little detail. I love that. I love her powers. I love how she can go through the multiverse. And, like, I loved it. I loved her. And she was, I mean, she was the MacGuffin of the story, 100%, right? And it was very, again, you can even say Strange is good with kids because, again, <laughs> we see him last with Peter Parker at Spider-Man. Now he's dealing with another kid. So, like, I know some people are like, yeah, the story's kind of, like, similar in those respects, blah, 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 blah. Strange has to save a kid or help a kid. I get it. Whatever. That's fine. That's your opinion. And, again, that's fair and that's valid if you feel like it's too similar. That's fair. But I know people are upset as far as the look of America Chavez. I say that because... In the comics, I guess, this is why I had to look this up and, like, I had, again, read why people were upset about it. But I guess the character of America Chavez is more Puerto Rican-based and is more of the, um, how do I say, she's more of the African kind of Latino so, so like Afro Afro Caribbean, yeah, right, right. Okay. So I think because of who they casted, who and she did a great job. Gomez did a splendid, splendid job. But she is more of the Latino Mexican, like Mexican, than I think the Afro, you know, like the Afro, the Afro Cuban, Afro Afro Latina, yeah, Afro Latina. Yeah. Again, valid criticism i understand that people would say that and they would want it to be more of a comic book representation and i know again there is more of like the the mexican kind of um representation on her i think her jacket had like the the skull that was more of the uh again more uh mexican kind of heritage and stuff like that i get it kids i do and i and i sim and i I don't want to overlook that because it is important. It's an important discussion, an important thing to bring up because, again, people were not happy with how they casted and how she was represented. Again, me personally, I understand it, but I loved what we got. And again, I'm not trying to take away from what people are saying, but I think Gomez did a splendid job. I, as a Latino and more of a Mexican-American, felt represented, and I I loved it. I can't wait to get her back. I can't wait to learn more about her and her character. 
I hope we find her mom's because again, that's a big thing in the comics. Is her she's from a LGBTQ obviously family and LGBTQ character, I believe. I'd have to double check that, but she did have a I think a LGBTQ pin on her jacket, which is very cool. Again, nice nice detail. But I I love the character. I love Gomez. I think did a wonderful job. As a character, I hope we get more of her because I want more of her story. I think we only got a little bit of it, but she was fantastic in this movie. I mean, I love her powers, being able to like the portal opens up as a star. That's so cool. I loved it. So yeah, I I liked her. I liked the character. I'm excited to see where she goes. Katie, kind of your thoughts on America, America Chavez, her introduction. obviously a younger uh, actress newer actress very cool to see kind of what's your overall thoughts on that character uh number one thank you for going through all of the criticism um that was all news to me (laughs) uh everything from you know how she's originally portrayed to the comics or through the comics all the way through, you know, the, the criticism of, of how she's portrayed on screen. That was all news to me. And um, thank you for addressing it. Uh, all of that to say, like, I, I loved her too. <laughs> I, I enjoyed having a young, strong female. I, I When you said that there was criticism, that's where my brain went. I was like, oh, it's a young, strong female. Um, and, and there's an LGBTQ um component in there too and, and there so that's might where the be some of that is. too but the, there probably is someone's probably reading, pissed about it exactly yeah. what i was reading was more of <laughs> character base yeah what she was more like the representation of that yeah. character in the comics and- yeah yeah and i mean to be fair that the, there is just in general in hollywood um i am not a part of this community i am i'm your average cis white woman um but i know just from having others in my circle who are part of this community that the afro latin community is underrepresented in a lot of Correct. in a lot of film, you know Correct. i i understand that and i appreciate that and um hey let's change it there's room for everybody 100%, so 100%. uh yeah yeah but but that to say i really loved what she did i i just the same way that that you did i i enjoyed watching her i enjoyed the just the childlike i don't know how old she is really but my gosh she nailed the like teenage oh right (laughs) teenage vibe of oh man she was she was so good she was so fun to watch and it was fun to watch her develop through this movie too you know like what what kind of like we talk about trauma like we seem to talk about trauma a whole lot on this on this podcast well we talk about marvel but, a lot and there's a lot of trauma yes, in marvel, so there's so much trauma but i think that you know knowing that about her and the way she is still like just hopping through and just trying to survive and just trying to trying to find her moms and trying to to she's totally rudderless and like anchorless right now. Right. And she's trying to find that anchor. And I think the, her, you know, being, being with Wong and and all of the peeps is definitely a little bit of a temporary anchor. I think it's going to help her develop her powers even more and tap into, you know, the things that she needs to tap into to 
uh, you know, be able to really focus in and, and really find her mom, you know, and really find the, the things like strange said, you know, at the end, like every jump that you made put us exactly where we needed to be to accomplish this. And, you know, you're, you may not realize it, but like everything is connected. Every, every action, you know, is everything happens for a reason. And that, you know, that, that's a cool message. Cause that, that's kind of like my life philosophy. <laughs> I really relate to that a whole lot. And um, it was neat to see her kind of, as the movie progresses, come to terms with that and uh, just embrace her destiny again in the same way that strange had the like embrace that he was the one that just fucks everything up. <laughs> he's the problem child and he's just gotta, he's gotta embrace it. You know, we we all have a path and we're all, we're all on it. And sometimes that's all you can do is just keep, <laughs> keep following your path. And I think that uh, the, having that be expressed through her, as a younger character, it just gives us so much more um, to explore from her later too. That That is probably the most exciting thing about it is where are we going to see her next? You know, like Kevin Feige and all of his friends are planning the next 20 years of Marvel. 10 years. Like they're they, at a yeah, they yeah. were at a retreat. Talking about they just had a retreat and we're, we're planning the next 10 yeah next 10 years 200 and something projects like you know how much of that is gonna is gonna have her in it you know how much of that is gonna have an opportunity for another strong young woman to you know become a part of that universe too like that there's that's what's i think the most exciting part of of this whole era of marvel like i've i've said it before i've said it until i'm blue in the face like all of the all of the future prospects for marvel is just that that's super exciting and it, she's a big part of that now too yeah i agree i think i'm excited to see where they take this character i'm excited to see gomez again play this character i'm very excited for that representation but again Gotta criticize when we can criticize. And again, if you're not aware of what I was talking about, what we were talking about earlier, again, go look up articles because people, again, I think express it way more than I can and express why they feel that that type of Afro-Latina needs to be represented more and why it's important for, in the, again, in their opinion, not that anybody's right or wrong or whatever, but it is important to listen to people and understand where they're coming from and understand why, you know, they want Marvel to get it right. You know, if you're going to do a character, do it right, follow it from the comics. So again, but I loved Gomez. She did a wonderful job. That's nothing against her. I think she was fantastic and I can't wait to see her more. I really can. I love this character. I like how she's in Camertage and she's learning to be a, a sorceress. That's cool stuff. So I'm excited to see where that goes. So the last group of people I want to talk about is the Illuminati because it was teased in the trailers and then they flat out said in a in a TV spot the word Illuminati. So let's talk about the Illuminati real quick. So if you're not familiar with the Illuminati, the Illuminati are a group of superheroes Usually it's uh, Charles Xavier, 
Tony Stark, Doctor Strange, Black Bolt, and the next kind of, you know, it can go back and forth. Black Panther was supposed to be in this group. So at one point, but in the comics, he, he bowed out. But it's basically the leaders of, you know, uh, the Inhumans, the Sorcerer Supreme, Charles Xavier being the head of the X-Men, obviously Reed Richards being the head of the Fantastic Four. So these are the kind of the main players in this group of Illuminati. And in this Illuminati, in Earth 838, it's Reed Richards, it's Mordo, it's Peggy Carter, it's Maria Rambo instead of uh, Carol Danvers as Captain Marvel, and it's Black Bolt. Great cast. Again, Haley Atwater reprising her role. Uh, and I can't remember the actress's name, but the actress that played Maria Rambo in Captain Marvel movie is reprised her role. We have, I guess, the gentleman, I didn't know this until after the movie, but the gentleman that played back Black Bolt played that character in the Inhuman show. So, again, kind of cool to bring that guy in to give him a nod and a wink to say, hey, you were really good in that show. Even though a lot of people didn't like that show altogether, he was, I guess, the standout of it. And then, of course, we get the fan cast scene that everybody has been craving for for who knows how long. But we got John Krasinski as Reed Richards, which was the coolest freaking thing, in my opinion. That got the most applause in my theater was when Krasinski showed up. And it was worth it because John Krasinski, I love him. I love him as Jim from The Office. I love him in the movies he's done. He's he's a great director. If you haven't seen A Quiet Place, see those movies. They're fantastic. So I was very excited to see him. It's really cool because obviously he was in the running. Some Some people might know this, some not. He was in the running and literally like costumed up to be Captain America. He was literally, it was between him and Chris Evans. And of course we know who got it. No, you know, obviously that's no shade to John Krasinski, but Chris Evans is literally Captain America. I mean, there's no way, two ways about it. But a lot of people have said they wanted Krasinski as Reed Richards and we got him. We finally got him as Reed Richards. And it was very, very cool. Now there's rumors, you know, let's take on Krasinski real quick. There's rumors that, with John Watts bowing out of doing Fantastic Four, some people are speculating that Krasinski might step in and then maybe he will be Reed Richards again. We'll see. Either way, I'm cool with it. I don't need it, but it was cool to see him play this role. Now, I know a lot of people were, and then obviously we got, real quick, obviously we got Patrick Stewart, the legend, playing Charles Xavier one more time. And we got to see him die for the third time as Charles Xavier. (laughs) But that's okay. It was wonderful. But the whole Illuminati, cool. I loved it. I honestly thought going into the movie, this was going to be more of a multiverse Illuminati, not just a singular Earth Illuminati. So that was kind of a different uh, spin that I wasn't thinking of. So that's very cool that they did that. Obviously, they're in Earth 838, which Christine Parker nominates the Earth that we know as 616, which is a big comic book reference. So that's very cool. So I loved it. I loved the intro. I loved 
the action that they got, even though it was brief. And I was okay because obviously, again, kids, spoilers, they all died. <laughs> Wanda killed them all. <laughs> and it was easily kind of crazy how she did it. Yeah. But very easily. And I liked, again, they weren't, she wasn't on their radar. They were so worried about Strange because of what he has done in other multiverses. They were like, dude, we can take care of her. And they probably could have. If, you know, Reed Richards would have shut his mouth about what Black Bolt could do. But he had to open his mouth, pun intended, because then Black Bolt's mouth shut and then his brain literally exploded. Like, shit, that was so brutal. That was super, like, all their deaths was brutal. Becky Carter, R.I.P., you got cut in half by your own shield, honey. I'm sorry. But, like, let's talk about Maria Rambo, though, real quick. She was great. Awesome. Visually awesome. Kick butt. But, like, she's going to die because of a statue fell on her? Come on, kids. That's the biggest criticism. Um, on, I looked kids. up while you, yeah, I looked up while you were chatting. Um, Lashana Lynch is her name. Lashana Lynch. The actress's name. She's yeah. fantastic. I love her. Love her. Yes. Love her. I, yeah, it was cool to see her again. But, like, you're just going to have her die because I, I don't buy that whatever again i digress i mean reed richards going out like spaghetti and then his blown and then his brain being <laughs> splattered crazy like and i don't know if people are upset about this i don't i tr- like i'm not in tune with the marvel mcu twitter so i don't know if there's uproar but like i think it all made sense that she kills them all because again, a they're variants. This doesn't mean that like we're never gonna see Charles Xavier ever again or Reed Richards. Like we know we're getting a Fantastic Four movie, kids. Will it be John Krasinski as Reed Richards? Who knows? I don't need it, but if it is, cool, I'll take it. Are we gonna see Patrick Stewart as Charles Xavier again? Probably not. So I'm I'm cool with what they did because I got I got to see him, the Charles Xavier I grew up with in the dope 90s hover chair with the green suit blue blue striped tie loved it loved it i'm okay with it so i know maybe some people are are maybe upset that they weren't used a lot or how they were just kind of used and then killed off quickly but if you think about it it makes sense that's how i feel but overall i like how they set up the Illuminati that obviously in a multiverse we have, I think this is maybe what people aren't talking about enough, but in a world in 838, we have Inhumans, we have mutants, we have the Fantastic Four, and we have the Avengers all in that world. Like, guys, that's reality. We are probably getting there in our in the earth that we're following 616. We're getting there. It's a slow journey, but we're getting there. And I can't wait for that to happen. So, Katie, your overall thoughts on the Illuminati, the use of it. Were you okay with who obviously was on the Illuminati? Did you know going into this movie who might be on it? What kind of what's what's your all overall thoughts on the Illuminati? 
I knew nothing. <laughs> I um I did not know much beyond, you know, what what you and I had talked about, just kind of some of the speculation about the Illuminati. I'm really glad that the alternate Iron Man played by Tom Cruise ended up not happening. That would have taken me completely out of the movie. And it was lovely to get that confirmation that that was some bullshit. Like <laughs> our mutual friend what had to happen and i'm so glad it didn't but here's the thing though real quick and obviously i'll let you continue but if he would have showed up i would have loved to see him die that's it thank you for my time that you know go ahead that would have been really interesting yeah (laughs) that would have been really really interesting to see how he would have gone but um yeah i mean it was it was great to see you know the the familiar actors um, that's a very interesting point about uh, Black Bold. I didn't watch that show. I don't think a lot Neither of people did. did. I, again, a lot of I, people, had to, I had to research yeah, the kids. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people didn't weren't weren't too fond of it. But you know, the the familiar actors reprising their roles, and then the fan cast getting cast like that was that was really cool. Um, I don't. I I think that they did that means that he probably will not end up. Um, in any future yeah in any future fantastic four projects but um certainly you know seeing how like you said concerned with strange they were and ignorant basically of wanda and the dark hole and the scarlet witch and how that all was just a perfect storm of power you know that that was really cool to <laughs> To see them completely underestimate that whole situation and pay really hard for it. Um, you know, are we going to see the Illuminati in in the Earth that we know? I don't know. I don't know if we are. Um, I think that this potentially was an isolated moment. Uh, I feel like, you know, they can they can only do those kinds of things when it's a Doctor Strange or when it's a multiverse thing you know that again like we've been saying for a long time like pulling in uh, some of these little alternates and moments and things from comics that um that people love and and appreciate uh but are diversions from the story that has kind of been set with the within the mcu uh yeah i enjoyed it um i agree with you it was too short i i feel like it was it was too short i would have liked to have seen more of them um but at the same time this movie was incredibly fast-paced and they had a goal and uh still still blows my mind that this was just about a two-hour marvel movie like we're not used to two hours and six man yeah it was we're used to long long haul being it for the long haul with a marvel movie but this one was uh, a little bit more manageable um but yeah, the the Illuminati was fun. I uh, again appreciated the the nods, and of course we got that that wonderful X Men musical cue. Uh, that, um, I loved it. <laughs> it was really neat. Uh, yeah, it it was cool. I I liked it. Um, do I need to see any more of the Illuminati? Not really. You know, I I'm fine with the 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 universe that the MCU is sticking to. Um, I'm fine with that and. And yeah, that's that's that on that. <laughs> yeah, I think they they did they did a really good job of introducing that idea. Will we see it later on? Maybe if we do, I think it's going to be years until we get like a Earth six one six 
what we are following Illuminati. It's going to be a while. So it's going to be interesting to see. I liked, um, again, one of my favorite things that they did within the Illuminati is obviously with Charles Xavier and him going into Wanda's mind. That was very cool. I love, 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 love that. I like how he was walking, obviously, like when he was in her mind and all that stuff. And then his death. Good Lord. The creep up from behind Scarlet Witch is literally ripping his head like across, like two different ways, kids. It was insane. But I do like how, again, leaves a Charles Xavier to know and to tell our strange, like, no, get the girl, get out of here, get the Book of Ashanti, like, do your thing. Like, leave it to, again, leave it to Charles, leave it to Charles. But here, who was I? I was watching a, a show the other day. I think it was the Wingers. They're really funny. It's uh, Christian, Cody, Brian, and they had Adam from Heroes Reforged on. And they, one of them made the comment of like saying, obviously Charles, if obviously we are all know his powers is telepathic and everything like that. And I think it was Brian that made the point of like, so he didn't see that coming. Like he didn't see Scarlet Witch going to do that. And like, I was like, you know what? That's, that's kind of right. How did he not, how did he not see that coming? Or even the line of, you didn't see that coming would have been really funny because again, that would have been a throwback to Pietro in uh, age of Ultron. And if Wanda would have said that it would have been kind of funny. Again, I digress. They brought that up. So I'll have to give a shout out to the wingers for that little, uh, that fun idea. But yeah, I, I loved everything. I loved the Illuminati. I'm with you. I don't need to see them again right now. Maybe down the road. Cool. Maybe I don't, I don't need it though. Cause again, they're that story, like the Illuminati isn't needed right now in our earth Earth 616. Like we don't need it. Like I think how they have set that are the MCU up is they're not needed right now. Could they be down the road? Maybe. Uh, but the, the last thing I want to touch on is this whole incursion idea and where this could lead. So obviously the end of the movie, the post credit scene, we see Clea, who we talked about earlier. She mentions that Strange caused an incursion and she asks him to help him fix it. So what this incursion could mean is Secret Wars. And what Secret Wars is, is a run of comics where I believe, if I did my research and remember correctly, in this run, it was Dr. Doom that basically, I don't know if he started the incursion, but an incursion began and it started putting these two two universes colliding. And it was the heroes and then the villains of those worlds had to fight one another uh, to take control of which world was going to win or whatnot. So I think it could be leading to that point. I think what we could, again, not not anytime soon. I'm talking maybe 10 years down the road. Like that would be our next big like end game type situation. Our next big Avengers type thing is this kind of maybe Secret Wars path of, again, multiverse 
multiple um, heroes and villains have to battle it out to see who wins and takes over. What are your thoughts on that? I think it's a pretty cool idea. Um, our mutual friend was the one that brought that brought this to my attention. So I think it's a very cool idea. I think it's a very, it would make sense because it's almost like them showing Thanos at the end of Avengers, like that we didn't see that come into play for what, 10 years until, you know, infinity war and Endgame. So like we got time, I think they're spreading, planting the seeds you know, uh, and I think this is what phase four is doing for me is planting those seeds to then get to those big events. So what's your thoughts on, on that? Yeah, I, honestly, this would tie in perfectly again with the Disney plus streaming content that we have been getting. This ties in perfect, perfectly with Kang and with Loki. Um, the multiple different dimensions, the multiple different versions, the multiple different villains. It makes perfect sense <laughs> that that is the direction that they would go. Um, that I think, you know, how are they going to do that and still keep the quote unquote casual Marvel movie watchers? How are they going to keep them engaged without making them feel like, oh, shit, I have to go back and watch all of this stuff to understand who all of these people are? That's going to be the challenge is not getting so wrapped up and so deep in the content and in the stories and in the multiple different directions that they could go. That's going to be the challenge is is keeping it, I think, if, if this is the direction that they're going, is still keeping it accessible to the tentpole blockbuster going to see the popcorn movie audience that, you know, frankly, yes, there's the super fans. There's the people who love this and know the stories and understand all the Easter eggs, but the mass market audience for this, you know, is going to be the people who just want to see a bunch of shit blow up, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what it is. And um, so that I think is going to be their challenge of if this is the direction that they go. And I mean, it's a, it's a pretty high concept for people too. Like anytime you do time shit, like time shit is always weird for people. And um, you know, so that, that, that's another, that's just another layer of how they've got to make sure they dumb it down for the, <laughs> for the lowest common denominator Marvel movie watcher. You know, I, that's uh, I, I want to touch on something. Cause I think you have, that's a really good point. Cause I think what they did in this movie though, when you talk about connecting the, 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 the Disney shows to a movie, I think they did it pretty well as far as Wanda. Yeah. I think you have a deeper yeah. understanding if you watch the show. But they explained, and through the dialogue, you kind of got a sense of, you know, what she was going through. Again, maybe not the full picture, but I think they did. So, as you're saying that, that came to my mind. Do you think that, do you think that worked, though? How did you feel the connection between, like, that they connected this Wanda, like, WandaVision to this in in comparison? Do you think it worked? Do you think they need to do it better or how how do you feel? Well, I mean, it's really hard for me to answer that because I've seen WandaVision and not only have Fair. I seen it, I really fucking enjoyed it. And yeah. I think, you know, if, if I was someone who hadn't seen it or started watching it and didn't get it and so stopped watching it, which I know a lot, that was a, a lot of people did that, you know, they wanted, um, 
they wanted Falcon and Winter Soldier. They didn't want <laughs> what what Wanda gave us at first, you know. And I think that uh, maybe those maybe for those people, maybe those couple of lines of dialogue and that little tiny bit of exposition was enough for them. Um, it wouldn't have been enough for me, but again, I'm a different, (laughs) I'm a different kind of fan. I wanted, I want all of the things and, um, and I, I loved WandaVision. So I think that that it's really hard for me to answer. Um, I I would have to, I guess we would have to pull the, (laughs) pull the people who didn't watch WandaVision and see if they understood, you know, because if you didn't, watch it then maybe the criticism of oh well why are they just making her the villain you know why maybe that criticism would have been a little bit more valid if you know those couple of lines of exposition you know it's it's that's a really that's a hard question to answer lauren (laughs) you stumped me i don't know (laughs) no but it is an interesting idea that you bring up though because are we at the point of marvel content to where like okay do I have to watch? I mean, we talked about this like way back when. Yeah. We've talked about this a couple of times. Like how much is too much and where's the oversaturation point? And how much do we have to consume? Do we have to consume it all? Will these blockbuster movies still kind of give us that exposition and the dialogue to like get the general reference of what we didn't maybe watch on WandaVision? Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki, things like that. Because I think Loki is going to be an interesting one because I think that's going to have a deeper impact overall. Because even Kevin Feige said something on the red carpet basically saying that, yeah, the events of Loki, what Sylvie and Loki, well, what Sylvie did by killing He Who Remains started this whole thing. Because of her, we get to no way home and we get to multiverse of madness because of what she did the the spell that strange casted in no way home got screwed up not only because of peter parker but because of the multiverse was in shambles so he couldn't control it as maybe well as if it wasn't so again that's from kevin feige so again they are connecting this but again how deep it, we'll we'll see, right? And like you're saying, I think what they have done well up until this point is connect. I mean, all these movies connect in some way, shape, or form, right? You might not have to have seen every single movie standalone. Like if you just watch literally every Avengers movie, I don't think you would get the overall concept of what has happened if you haven't seen those outside movies. And I think they can do that still very well with all this new all these new shows because we're getting Ms. Marvel we're getting She-Hulk we just got Moon Knight there's a lot of shows I mean again Moon Knight do you really have to connect it because I mean there was references in it there's Kang references but how much does that really connect so like maybe these shows don't all have to connect either so Again, it's just where we're at with with Marvel content. It's a good place to be as a Marvel fan, as as nerds like us. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting, though. I agree. It's gonna be very very interesting. Uh, final thoughts, Katie. Let's get the final thoughts. We'll wrap it up. Uh, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. What do you got? Final thoughts. Anything you want to bring up? 
anything that you uh any last i uh any last whatever about the movie what do you got okay we haven't talked about it yet but bruce campbell <laughs> we mentioned him earlier but he uh he if he plays the hot dog guy i can't remember um it's the pizza the pizza papa. oh pizza papa that's who the it was pizza balls yeah what somebody yes <laughs> Disney, if you're not making those in your theme parks, you're losing money, kids. Oh my losing gosh. Losing money. Pizza Papa. So the 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 gag, you know, when we get the we get the post credit scene of him still like beating the crap out of himself. The the gag on that was just wow, chef's kiss perfect. Because Sam Raimi and and Bruce Campbell, and again, I will recommend the book that Bruce Campbell wrote called if chins could kill and the relationship that he had that that uh, bruce campbell has with sam they're raimi besties. their childhood friends yeah their childhood friends from michigan they're by the best, way yeah from michigan. from michigan making all kinds of just movies in their backyard you know just trying to do do their thing and have fun and sam raimi always finds a way to put bruce campbell in a position where he has to do a lot of physical comedy and a lot of physical stuff that you know he looks like he's beating the shit out of himself (laughs) like it's just it's 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 a running gag and it's wonderful and it um a lot of it was was straight out of again army of darkness where he has to there's there's ash and then there's lots of little mini ashes and they're all beaten they're all beating him up like one of them gets inside of him and is like controlling his arms and he's beaten he's beating himself up like it's just that was such a lovely moment and i was dying laughing i was laughing so hard i i was probably obnoxious um because bruce campbell is not only a fun actor not only you know just just a joy to watch on screen um he's also a really lovely human being. He, I've met him on a couple of, yeah, I've met him on a couple of occasions and he is the nicest celebrity that I've ever met. I mean, the short, short list of celebrities that I've met, but he is, um, he's a super nice guy and really down to earth. Um, and a fun Twitter follow too. So there, there's that, but, uh, yeah, that, that was a delightful, scene and then seeing you know that he was the very last in post credit scene like that was just (laughs) that was just really the just the icing on the cake and again brought it full circle the Raimi of it all it was it it was magical I loved it (laughs) no it was it was perfect I mean for him to say it's over it's just yeah that was that was funny it was good stuff kids it was good stuff I do wonder too like Again, because we are in this kind of not reboot, but like kind of kind of a reboot era for Marvel as far as like setting another kind of foundation to get to where we need to get to. I mean, I know like in like, you know, Iron Man, there's the end credit scene with Samuel Jackson and like each each of those movies had a little like whatever setting stuff up. We're not, as of right now, so far in phase four, we're not getting that much. Like, again, Eternals was kind of, it's within its own thing, like setting up the next Eternals. Shang-Chi was setting up its next movie. This feels like it's setting up its next Doctor Strange, but I think this is one that maybe has a longer game 
that we will see play out as far as like we were talking about Secret Wars. So it's interesting to see how they are doing these kind of post-credit scenes, end-credit scenes, mid-credit scenes, because it's been such a staple in Marvel. Like we're waiting, expecting to see what they're what the next thing is, right? We just expect the movie to set up the next movie. And maybe they're just not there yet, but I think we'll get there for sure. So I'm excited. Uh, again, I love, I love the Bruce Campbell one too. That was, it was funny. It was a great gag. I mean, again, because of Raimi and him and the relationship, it just, it worked. It worked on so many levels. So, yep. Agreed. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So. That's it, kids. Hour and a half we talked about Multiverse of Madness. There's again, there's a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. I didn't think we I didn't think we would get this long, honestly. <laughs> oh, I knew. I did, just because of like I there was so much to to talk about. There really is. And yeah. to to break yeah. it down. I mean it's fun. That's fun. Well, that's fun. That was fun. And I I could talk about Ramy and Ramy and uh, Bruce Campbell all day. Yeah, I, that you could. And then. Ted Ted Ramy too. Like that. I'm surprised that he wasn't wasn't around. Well, do I see? I wonder if he was, and we just haven't. And we just haven't found him yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he yeah. put uh, Ramy put the, like that car that's on almost every movie that he's did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. His uh his 1975 something right. I can't. I think remember. it's like a, a dot. I can't remember yeah. what it is either. But but yeah, that's the that's the evil the the evil dead car, right? And that was <laughs> it's, the, it's everywhere in Spider Man. That was the car that Uncle Ben drove Peter to the library before he went to the thing. So yeah, but yeah, that's it, kids. This is uh, Multiverse of Madness, man. Uh, if you haven't seen it, go see it. I recommend it. I know Katie recommends it as well. It's fun ride. It, I mean, plain and simple. It it's it is a fast pace from beginning to end. Very little lulls. It's a it's it's great. It was great. So that's it. That's the show. Thanks for listening. You guys can follow us, uh, Geek Broadcast at Geek Broads Pod on Twitter, and you can follow me, Lauren Romo, on Twitter at Loro Knows. Katie, where can the good people follow you? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch at Penguin Katie. That's Katie with Y. You can follow us on Twitch as well, Geek Broads Pod, because dang it, we are going to start doing more Twitch. <laughs> we promise it. That's my goal, dang it, for the second Eventually. half of this year. We're going to do a lot of Twitch. <laughs> I promise. Okay? <laughs> I was going to I was gonna Twitch on May the 4th, but that didn't happen because I just didn't feel like doing it. So <laughs> I got to get there. But yeah, the, we got we are going to get there, kids. Trust me. Follow us. We will on there again. Uh, Twitch.tv backslash Geek Broads Pod. Until next time, kids. Stay geeky. Bye.